Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Presented by Aero Fasteners, Bank of America, Simple Green, and First Alert. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Tis the season, people. It's the season for getting your house warm and comfortable and friendly and fun so that when you're 10 best friends or family members come over because that's all you're allowed to have these days. Uh, you can have a nice space for them to enjoy uh, your home, your bubble. I mean, that's really what our homes are these days. There are bubbles. We're spending so much time uh, in our homes, and we need to improve them to make sure that we continue to enjoy them. That includes adding a lot of space and making them nicer to look at. So whatever project in that area you would like to take on, let us know. We are here to help. If you've got a project you're planning for the new year, Give us a call at one eight 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 Money Pit. Whatever is on your to do list, swing it on over to ours by getting in touch with us at moneypit.com. Coming up on today's show, you know, one of the things that this is the season for, which I think most folks don't know, is that this is actually the fire season. You know, there are more smoke and carbon monoxide incidents in these next couple of months than any other time in the year. So we thought it was a good time to highlight some new smart home technology that's available in smoke and CO detectors to keep you safe. And are you getting ready to refresh your home with some new decor? Maybe you're not sure if your budget is ready to handle that hit. We're going to share five ways to save lots of money decorating your home sweet home in today's smart spending tip just ahead. And did you know that according to the CDC guidelines, many of us are just not cleaning and disinfecting our homes in the right way? We're going to share a simple tip that can help make sure you're getting rid of both bacteria and viruses on all the hard surfaces in your house. And we're giving away one of our favorite tools that can tackle a ton of different projects. It's the Arrow GT300 Glue Gun. It is super well designed, really easy to use, and we've got one to give away. All you need to do is to reach out with your DIY or home decor question. We'll toss your name in the Money Pit hard hat, and we might be sending you that very fun new glue gun. So give us a call right now at one eight 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 Money Pit, or post your questions to MoneyPit.com. Cheryl in Texas, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you? I have some countertops that are plywood. Um, I just purchased a house recently, and I'm planning to do a total remodel in about a year. But right now, the countertops are plywood, and so I wanted an idea to um, put on the countertop so that I don't have water damage to the plywood, and plus something that looks nice, and I was wondering if you might have an idea. Well, I mean, there's a lot of different options, of course, at a variety of price points, and if you're looking for something that's just going to be temporary but still stylish and functional, you know, probably your quickest and most DIY and affordable option could be tile. 
Now, that's going to be something that you could easily do on your own, and there's a lot of different choices to keep you within a variety of price points. Um, and that generally can look really, really great. The other options are laminate countertops, which you can get pre-cut at the local home center, and that just depends on how much of a run you need and how much actual cutting to fit to size that you have to get. Um, but those are probably going to be your two most affordable. I think with tile, it really gives you an opportunity to make it really stylish and your own and something that you can feel proud of doing yourself and last you through the long haul until you're ready to do a major remodel. Okay. And what do you usually adhere the tile with? I'm not really much of a DIY person, but I, I, I'm sure, I think I could do it, but I was just kind of curious with the water, what adheres that tile and keeps that countertop protected. So there's two options. There's a tile mastic, which is sort of like a glue that you trowel onto the plywood and you stick the tiles onto that. And then there's like a tile mat. It's like a two-sided adhesive mat that you glue that down to the wood surface in your case. Then you peel off a backing and you can stick the tiles right on top of that. So there's a couple of ways to do that. If you can find the mat, um, what's interesting about that is you can grout right away. If you use the mastic, you've got to let it dry overnight, and then you can grout. Okay. I like those ideas. Okay. Thank you so much. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Mike in Pennsylvania is on the line with a flooring question. How can we help you today? My kitchen floor has, is vinyl with uh, a couple of things in it where things have been dropped over the years. So it's broken the outer seal and, and the black is showing through the underlayment or whatever. So a couple of options. Um, and I've, I've had experience with sticky back tiles on a on the laundry room concrete concrete floor. I've also put ceramic tile down in a foyer um, with the cement board and so forth. And what I'm thinking, in, in my kitchen, if I went with the ceramic, then I've got a, a problem with putting the cement board down plus the ceramic tile, and I'd have to cut some doors. My question is, take, take the easy way out, uh, would sticky back tiles work over a vinyl floor? I think probably not too well. I've got another option for you. Have you considered laminate flooring? Are you familiar with it? Yeah, yeah. So laminate flooring is perfect for this situation because you can lay it down right over the old vinyl, or you could pull the vinyl up if you choose to. It doesn't have to be glued down. The boards simply lock together the tongue and the groove joint of the laminate boards, whether they're, uh, whether they're strips or whether they're square planks, uh, will lock together. And then essentially it will just sit on top of that floor. You leave about a quarter of an inch space between the edge of the laminate and the floor. You can use a um, piece of shoe molding to cover that between the baseboard molding and the, uh, and the laminate itself. And it doesn't take up a lot of room, not as much room as putting down, you know, you mentioned the backer board and the tile and so on. It's only going to take up about a quarter of an inch or so. Now, I've had laminate floor in my kitchen for almost 20 years, and you can hardly see anywhere on Terra at all. You'd be hard-pressed to find any worn areas. It's really incredibly durable stuff. So there's no, no grout or anything. They, they just interlock, basically, like a tongue and groove, right? No. And and the thing is, you could find uh, laminates that look like stone tile. You can find them that look like ceramic tile or marble. And you can find them that look like hardwood floor. They're they're absolutely beautiful, and they're super durable. So I think that's the best solution for your situation. Mike, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? 
That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than a 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com, that's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com, and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T, MONEYPIT. Well, no matter when you listen to the Money Pit, you can always get in on some fun giveaways, and today is no exception. We're giving away the Arrow GT300 Glue Gun. Yeah, we love it because it heats up super fast. It's drip-resistant, so in my case, that means I'm going to have fewer burns on my fingers. <laughs> very true, very true. It's large, so it fits in your hand nicely, so it doesn't make your hand kind of ache when you're trying to squeeze out the glue. In fact, um, I was binge-watching with my daughter who came home from college and loves these shows, uh, the Making It show. I love that show. And guess what I saw in the Making It show? Everybody was using the Arrow GT300. It really is a good one. 
They do a lot of gluing on that show. See Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman show, and those two are just f- so funny together. Uh, but it was cool to see them, everyone uh, using those tools. It's worth 49 bucks, right? Yeah, I mean, it's really a great prize. Worth that 49 bucks and then some. And it's going to go out to one listener who's totally drawn at random. If you'd like to win it, you got to be in it, guys. So give us a call at 888-MONEYPIT. Post your question at moneypit.com. Whatever it is, reach out to us so we can help you get great tools and, of course, give you a hand. And in Missouri, you've got the money pit. What can we do for you tonight? I bought a modular home that sits on the foundation, and the people that lived in it before we did had it kind of fixed up like a living area. Well, when we bought it, we decutted the whole thing and noticed that while we were decutting it, when the rain came, it would flood. So we dug out around the basement, but we left an awning on the top part of my mother-in-law's house and got it all finished. And the last couple of years, when it rains, water comes in, and my whole flooring, my beautiful flooring, is just welted up and ruined. So is this flooring, you mentioned that you dug around the foundation. not quite sure why you did that, because it probably wasn't necessary. But is the water coming into a lower level, like a basement level, or is the water coming in around this roof, this awning roof? I'm not sure. I thought it was coming around the basement, so I pulled it out, tarred the whole thing, except for that area. And it doesn't leak anywhere else but that area where the awning's at now. Mm-hmm. And I noticed mm-hmm. that there was a crack between the the house and the actual concrete of the awning. When you say crack, you mean you mean between the roof uh, where the awning attaches, or do you mean at the foundation level? At the foundation level. Okay, yeah, that's called rotation. What happens is those those concrete stoops pull away from the walls and they rotate. Look. If this is caused by water infiltration, this water infiltration is caused by uh, basement leakage or foundation leakage, you're not going to seal your house well enough to stop that from happening, no matter how much tar you put on the foundation. So what I want you to do is to go to our website at moneypit.com, and on the homepage there's an article about how to stop a basement from leaking that walks you through this step-by-step. But conceptually, what you're going to do is regrade the foundation perimeter to make sure all that soil that you took out is tamped now well and packed in nice and uh, tight around the foundation. We want it to slope down about six inches over four feet. And secondly, we want to know that you have gutters on the house. They're clean, they're free-flowing, and the downspouts are discharging out four to six feet, not inches, feet away from the foundation. If you keep the water from the roof and the natural rainfall away from that foundation, you won't get any leakage into that area. It's just not going to happen. So do that first and see if the leaks continue. Uh, if they continue, then we got to look for another source. But I want you to get the most obvious one out of the way first. And thanks for calling 888 Money Pit. Well, home fire and carbon monoxide incidents spike during the colder winter months, which makes now a really great time to update your smoke and carbon monoxide detectors. Yep, and there's now a brand new one out from First Alert you should definitely know about. It's the First Alert Connected Safety 2-in-1 Smoke and Carbon Monoxide Alarm. It's got a lot of great features, and the first one that I think is so cool is that it's both compatible with Ring and Z-Wave. That means if you have a Ring security system or anything that's Z-Wave compatible, which is like every smart home system out there, um, this will integrate with it, and it will give you an early warning of either a fire or a carbon monoxide emergency. Yeah, it's wireless and battery operated and it's great for older homes as it doesn't require any rewiring to install it now the alarm features state-of-the-art two-in-one protection to help protect against the threats of both smoke and carbon monoxide and i also learned that these alarms are interconnected and what that means in smoke detector speak is if one goes off 
they all go off. So no matter where you are in the house, you're going to hear this detector. It's also very affordable. You'll find it in retailers nationwide, including Amazon and Lowe's, for $49.99. So under 50 bucks, a really smart, smart home investment. Doug in Oregon's on the line with a question about drywall. What is going on at your money pit? I had a flood in my home, wiped out the whole inside, um, get to the point where the sheetrock goes on. They came in, put sheetrock in. Now I have a crack in one wall, in the ceiling, in the living room, and in the kitchen. And they're telling me I have structural problems. But Who's selling you that, Doug? The contractor, uh, sheetrock company. But I had the house inspected to have it refinanced, and we do not have a... So the drywall company, in an effort to get out of having to fix this crack, has basically uh, told you that you have uh, structural problems and therefore it's not their responsibility to fix it. Is that kind of where we're going with this? That's correct. Yeah, sounds like it. Listen, if you get structural problems, that would have been picked up probably before the drywall was added. And I don't buy it. It's more more likely that... Uh, you know, the, the drywall seams have to be replaced. Now, the cracks that are forming there, you know, they probably need to be done in a different way. So, for example, if you get a drywall crack because you've got walls that are expanding and contracting, it's frequent that what you want to do is lightly sand that and then use a fiberglass tape on top of that cracked area, not the paper tape, because the paper tape is not very tolerant to that kind of movement, but the fiberglass tape is. It's sort of like a mesh tape where the spackle actually presses right through it. Are you seeing any other evidence of, of structural movement in your house except for these drywall cracks? Not at all. In fact, the house is in Lake Cavasu City, Arizona, and the house was built on a slab uh, when they... Came in uh, demolition house or whatever. They tilled up the uh, laminated floor in three bedrooms, and there was no cracks in the floors or anything. Yeah, it's unlikely that you've got uh, a structural problem. I think this sounds much more like a workmanship issue, Doug. And I encourage you to go back and get those guys to make a service call and fix it up. Uh, they're going to cause you a lot more aggravation by chasing a possible structural issue because if I thought that was the case, I'd tell you to hire a professional home inspector or engineer, and then you're going to be into hundreds of dollars of inspection fees just because these guys are being a bit lazy about going back and fixing the crack. Well, they won't come back. I've even offered to pick them up, bring them to my house, take them back to a shop, pay for a cab to come out, pay for a cab, taking them back. Well, that's even more evidence back. that they don't know what they're talking about. Um, you know, I guess you've got you've always got options to uh, pursue them in small claims court, but frankly, to repair those cracks, it probably wouldn't. It probably wouldn't be worth it. You might just want to go to a website like HomeAdvisor.com and find a pro that's been highly referred by folks in your area, and maybe just get them to do the repair for you. Yeah, I'd just rather than going through an attorney or whatever, I'd probably money's ahead just to yep, go ahead probably. and Yeah, That's the sad truth of a small project like that. Well, it was a big project. I mean, they did walls, ceilings, everything. The house was actually gutted. Well, listen, I mean, all you can do is really pass on the information about the, the fact that these guys weren't very professional. Right. You know, by, by way of a review, uh, either online or, or on a site like HomeAdvisor, for example. Pass it on and pr protect other folks from making the same mistake. Now, if I do take them to small claims court, I'm going to have some kind of an evidence or whatever I'm going to be needing. So I need to have 
somebody come in there and actually inspect it? Yeah, you probably are, and you may have to have them in, in testify for you. But the thing is, I wouldn't go through all that until maybe you make your, well, I, I shouldn't be giving you legal advice, but, you know, I would take pictures of it. I would bring it to court. And uh, if the judge decides or the, uh, that you need to have an expert, then you just ask for, a con- ask for a continuance to get that done. But maybe just taking the pictures in, they may not even show up and you get a judgment against them. Yes, that's true too. Well, I appreciate everything you've had to say. Yeah, right. Well, I hope that helps. Sorry that happened to you, Doug. Jennifer in Missouri, you've got the money pit. What can we do for you today? I have a rental house that is a basement home, and it has a concrete patio that is rather large, probably around 12 feet long by 8 foot wide. The house has been built several years ago, and over the course of time, um, the concrete patio has gotten pitted. it looks like from the use of rock salt to melt the ice and snow off of it. And I didn't know just because of the size of the patio, um, I'm guessing it's going to be pretty costly to replace it. I didn't know if I had any other options. Yeah, you do. And this is a perfect scenario for this. Quickcrete makes a product called Concrete Resurfacer, and it's specifically designed for scenarios like this. You can apply this resurfacer to the entire slab and it's designed to stick to it and fill in those pock marks and those little gaps and it will give it a whole new look it'll look like a brand new slab but it will resurface it completely wow that's great what is it called it's made by quickcrete and it's called a concrete resurfacer it's basically a blend of portland cement and sand and polymers and the polymers and the other additives basically set it up so it can stick to the original concrete. There is a preparation. You have to pressure wash it first to get it nice and clean. But once you apply this, you can basically squeegee it or trowel it on, and you can use a brush finish so it gets that nice sort of slip-resistant finish when you're all done. Well, that's great news. I didn't realize there was anything like that. So thank you. Specifically designed for this project. All right, well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Francis in Michigan's on the line with a wood burning stove question. What are you working on? Oh, I was just contemplating um, installing a wood burner in a three season room with uh, a couple of sliding glass doors, mm-hmm. and um, it would go in the corner. So one of the walls has a couple windows, you know, partway up that are like awning windows. And then on the other wall, there'd be the stationary part of the sliding glass door, you know, in the corner. And I was thinking about maybe installing a wood burner in that corner. And I wondered if if there's any um, restrictions as far as how far away from the glass you would have to put the stove. Yeah, there's definite restrictions. Now, would that window be behind the stove or just kind of off the side of the stove? Well, the stove would be in the corner sort of sort of diagonally. The stove is actually a, not a very large wood burner. Um, it's a Vermont casting one that I saw that, um, you know, it's longer than it is wide, and it would sit in the corner, so the long part would come out into the room, and then it would be diagonally against the corners. Okay, so rule of thumb that you need three foot of clearance between any part of that stove and the wall on both sides. You can build in um, a heat shield, which is sort of a shield that builds, stands away from the wall, and it creates sort of a, um, a 
convective loop where air moves behind it and keeps the wall cooler. Now, what I don't know is how this is going to impact your windows and your slider, because I, I really don't know exactly what the shape of the room is from your description. The other concern is I don't know if the slider has a vinyl frame. If it does, vinyl melts very readily when exposed to uh, radiant heat, so you could melt some of the door of the frame. So I think you need to be really careful about the position of the stove. You need to follow the NFPA, the National Fire Protection Association, guidelines. So I would definitely get some advice from a professional on this that can actually see your physical setup and tell you how to accomplish this because the rule of thumb is three feet. If you can keep three feet of space between the back of that stove and your slider or your window, I think you'll probably be okay, but I suspect that's going to really push it out in the room. Maybe you don't want to do that. So I think we have to figure out how we're going to meet the safety standards here um, without impacting the combustion combustible parts of your house or the windows or the slider. Yeah, that's why I wanted to just um, ask that question to you before I got too excited about doing the project, you know. And You may be able to do it fine, but, it, but, that's, but that's the issue. You start with three feet, and then you kind of work back from there, depending on what kind of uh, fire protection you can kind of build into it, Francis. Consider the glass as the same as you would a regular wall. Absolutely. You know, and especially because of the vinyl um, frame around yep, the window. I on think the door. I think ours is actually <clears throat> vinyl. So yeah, you know one uh, one uh, burning pattern I always used to see in the years I was a home inspector was vinyl sided siding that was bur- was burned or melted because the um, you know, the gas grill was too close to it or the charcoal grill was too close to it and that radiant heat just reached across you know in some cases uh, five six seven feet and burned the siding and you could see it all shrunk and melted it has sort of a halo effect so vinyl vinyl will melt pretty readily and you definitely need to have the proper spacing there to make this work Francis thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 money pit. Well, one of the most exciting things about owning a new home is decorating it. But if you're rushing to decorating, you start buying furniture, that can mean you're making choices that you might later regret. So instead, we think it's smart to have a plan. Right, Leslie? you got to have a plan. Yeah, you know, there are ways that you can help make sure that you stick to a reasonable budget and then save some money. So first of all, spread out those expensive purchases. Now, if you're buying a number of high-ticket items like a couch and a bed, you don't have to get them all at once. Make a list of the pieces that you need to buy and then prioritize the order in which you purchase them. Also, think about avoiding trendy design choices that are most likely going to go out of style. So before you plunk down all your money on a really crazy patterned couch, think about whether or not you're going to like that in five years and if it's worth that spend. Also, splurge on your essentials. Now, classic pieces are definitely worth investing in. You can always cover the trends with inexpensive home accents. Also, you want to try decorating around a statement piece. You know, let one item really anchor the room, whether it's a piece of furniture, artwork, even a rug. You know, choosing something to be the focal point is a great idea and then design around that piece. Also, you got a lot of stuff in your house already, guys, right? Look at it. Think about it. Repurpose what you already have. You know, you maybe you've got some leftover paint from an old project or accent pieces that can be refreshed. Maybe you can give your couch a new life by reupholstering it instead of buying a new one. This is all called upcycling, and it really is an excellent approach to maximizing your decorating dollars. Yeah, great tip. Now, if you're moving into a new space, um, you usually have a lot of energy, <laughs> a lot of decorating energy, and you want to make a lot of choices. Well, 
we recommend you just push the pause button and wait at least two or three months before making those big purchases. Why? Because one of two things is going to happen. Either you're going to get used to the old decor and shift some of your furnishings around, discover, hey, it's not so bad, or the desire to decorate is going to increase. You're going to take on the project anyway, but by waiting, you'll have a much better idea of what you really want to spend that money on. And that's today's smart spending tip presented by the Bank of America Cash Rewards Credit Card. We're all shopping for our essentials online these days. Get rewarded for it with the Bank of America Cash Rewards Credit Card. You can choose to earn 3% cash back on online shopping. Visit bankofamerica.com slash more rewarding to apply. Reach out to us with your home improvement question, and we're going to give you the answer plus a chance to win tools to get that job done. Today, we're giving away the Arrow GT300 glue gun to one listener drawn at random. Now, it's named the best glue gun in Popular Mechanics 2020 Tool Awards. It's high temp, heavy duty, super durable, and it really offers all of the precision necessary for both pro applications and DIY home repair and projects. It's going to heat up fast. We love that it's drip resistant. And it's really, you've got a control knob there so you can adjust how much glue is flowing out. So you're not going to waste any. You're not going to get burnt. You're not going to get glue all over the place. Super easy to use, a great easy-to-pull oversized trigger. Use it for anything from upholstery projects, home repair projects, all kinds of stuff you will reach for this glue gun for, I promise. It's worth 49 bucks. going out to one listener drawn at random. If you'd like to win it, give us a call right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT or post your question to moneypit.com. Well, we're all doing our best to keep our homes clean and safe from viruses and bacteria these days. But did you know that germs can hide beneath dirt and grease on the surfaces where those disinfectants just can't reach them? Well, that's why the Center for Disease Control is reminding us that we need to clean before we disinfect. Yeah, and here's why, and I think this is a great example. Imagine you're baking a cake, right? There's a good chance your kitchen counter is covered in residue from eggs and flour and sugar and sprinkles and all kinds of stuff. This can easily lead to salmonella contamination, which can make you pretty sick. Now, to eliminate the risk, it's important to clean the counter first with an all-purpose cleaner, like Simple Green, for example, to remove the visible dirt, and then you use the disinfectant to eliminate any lingering germs. Now, the same applies to greasy messes and, like, grease on the stove. You always want to clean to remove that grease first and then disinfect, because otherwise you could be leaving a layer of bacteria or a layer of viruses hiding under the grease that may never even come in contact with your disinfectant. Yeah. Now, next, you want to remember that not all disinfectants are equal. So be sure that you're following the label directions for proper disinfecting procedures, especially when it comes to something called dwell time. Now, dwell time is the amount of time that a disinfectant has to stay on that surface in order to effectively kill those germs. And get this, it can be anywhere between two and 10 minutes. It's not just a quick spritz and you're done. It needs to sit there and do its job. You know, I was talking with my friend Jeff, who runs Simple Green, and he made a great point. Us, how many times have we gone into restaurants and the staff is getting the table sort of ready for you? What do they do? They spray it with a disinfectant, and then they instantly announce, "Your table is ready." 
and you are seated. But there is just no way the table is really safe at that moment. It has to go on wet and it has to sit there full time to kill anything that the previous diners left behind, let alone the fact that it should have been cleaned first. And that's why we use Simple Green around our house on the counters and the floors and stuff, because it does a really good job cleaning those surfaces and you can get a lot out of it. You know, it has a one to 30 dilution ratio so that, for example, if you're just doing light cleaning, one gallon of Simple Green basically gives you 30 gallons of cleaner, pretty much. Um, or if you're doing something that's really, really dirty, you can actually make it 1 to 10. So this way, you get the job done properly. You get all of the grease, all of that mess lifted first, and then you disinfect it. Plus, it occurs to me that these disinfectants are getting harder and harder to find these days. So that means you can use less of them because you did all the cleaning first. And even even less than if you were trying to use a cleaner disinfectant because those are getting hard to find. Um, but if you just cleaned it first and you then just spritz on the disinfectant on top of that, you let it sit for the proper dwell time, you're pretty much good to go. All right, guys, if you want some more tips, check out simplegreen.com. They've got several posts and videos on the topic to help you understand the best way to keep your family safe from all of these pathogens. Now we're going to chat with Diana in Arkansas, who's got a super old house that's acting a little strangely. What's going on? My husband says that there is a main beam underneath this house that is broken. And it is allowing it to uh, settle. In my kitchen, uh, my refrigerator is taking a definite list, and it's not too far from that beam. How would we go about raising this house or whatever and replacing that beam? Okay, so if you have a broken beam, the way that that type of repair is generally done is, first of all, if the beam is just cracked and we want to kind of reinforce it so it doesn't settle or move, what will often happen is a contractor will put a new beam next to it and bolt it to the old beam. That's called a sister beam. And in that way, you're not really replacing it as much as you're just kind of beefing it up. And that's a smarter way to do that because, frankly, there's no, there's no, no wind by just taking it out. Now, if the house is settled, you may or may not want to do anything to try to raise those beams. Generally, we, re- we recommend you don't raise a floor because everything's connected to it, the walls and the pipes and the plumbing and the electrical wire. So you kind of leave it in place. But reinforcing that beam in place is the best way to attack that. And that's a, you know, not a terribly complicated job, but you can't just have anybody do it. You need to have a contractor that really knows what they're doing. Because you're going to want to get those beams on both sides. You're going to want to make sure that if there's any seams in there, that they have to be over a piling, for example, where there's support. And then you have to have bolts that go all the way through from the new beam into the old beam and back to the new beam on the other side and then sort of bolted together. And then that's going to make a really strong repair and reinforcement. Do you know why the beam cracked in the the first place? You know, uh, um, I I have no idea. The house um, was originally just a four-room house. And then uh-huh. it, it has been built on and built on and built on. And okay. so um, I, I have no idea, uh, supposedly. You might have skipped the structural step there. Well, I think that by reinforcing that beam is the, is the right way to do it. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Gabriella in Chicago has written us to say, I live in an apartment with hot water steam heat. The paint on the wall above one of the units is peeling and has dark specks that look like mold. Is that caused by the heating unit? If so, what can I do to fix it or stop it from happening? You know, a lot of folks see those stains and automatically assume that they're mold, but they're not. They're actually far from it. What you are seeing, Gabriella, is simply this. It's dirt. And here's why. As that radiator warms up, you have air that convex upward against a cold wall, right? Because heat rises. So that air that's convecting upward, that loop of sort of warm air rising, is depositing some of the dirt that's in the air on the walls. And over time, months, years, it shows as stains. So not to worry about mold, just a little bit of cleanup and you will be good to go. Well, that's a super easy fix. And I hope far more simple than you expected. Well, it's pretty well known that poinsettia flowers, while absolutely beautiful this time of year, can be very dangerous if they're eaten. Well, it also turns out that there's some other holiday flowers you got to watch out for because they're actually even more toxic. Leslie has tips to keep you and your pets safe in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Leslie? Yeah, you know, you've got to keep your holiday free of emergencies. And by keeping a few holiday plants out of reach or maybe even out of your house altogether, you could avoid those emergencies. So let's talk about these holiday plants that really aren't so great if your kids or your pets get their hands on them or, more importantly, eats them. So holly, it's got prickly leaves, and sometimes that's enough to keep everybody away from them. But just don't leave any room for error when it comes to this holiday plant, because consuming just one or two of the berries can cause a tummy ache, and eating as few as 20 holly berries can actually cause death. So just... Don't put them anywhere where the kids or the pets can reach them. Now, mistletoe is another deceptive holiday plant. goes hand-in-hand with romance. I mean, everybody's like, oh, mistletoe, smoochy, smoochy. Well, not in 2020, just no mistletoe altogether. But with mistletoe, you can also get things like nausea, diarrhea, blood pressure issues, and sometimes even fatalities if the berries of the mistletoe are eaten, which is all the more reason to keep that mistletoe hung way up high, get it away, put it by the ceiling, above the doorway, where it belongs. Don't put it anywhere where anybody can grab it. Now, these are beautiful flowers for the holiday season. It's amaryllis and paper whites, also called narcissus. The amaryllis is the long sort of stem with the big red or the big white and red and white flowers. They're so beautiful. And the narcissus are those small paper white flowers that smell so beautiful. Those guys, they can cause heart arrhythmia and convulsions if that bulb is digested. And pets are especially susceptible to these flowers. So keep them far away from any hungry or curious animals in your house. Now, if you even think that one of these plants was eaten, call the local poison control center. Plan to be asked the name of the plant as well as the exact parts. And if you know the amount of it that was consumed, also be prepared to provide the approximate time when it was eaten, the age of the person, the weight, the condition. 
There's also poison control for animals, so call them. I mean, all of this info is critical for you to get proper care in the event of a holiday plant emergency. I mean, once I had a holly plant that my dog ate like two leaves of, I had to inject peroxide into her mouth to make her vomit. I mean, it was a big ordeal, but it was potentially super dangerous. So be prepared. Keep those poison control numbers handy. And if you can, just decorate with the artificial ones or just keep things out of reach, okay? Can I say it's very kind of you not to tell everyone that I was the one that sent you the holiday plant? Shh. shh. <laughs> why you got to do that to yourself? Well, I, I, I didn't realize that your pets would get into it. But now we all know what not to do. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. Coming up next time on the program, are you having a little trouble getting to sleep at night because of outside noises? Whether it's traffic noise, the train, noisy neighbors, or loud plumbing, we're going to have tips to help you get back your peace and quiet on the very next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone.